The following is a production of Phoenix Media. The views expressed do not necessarily represent those of the company or its advertisers and may contain language that's unsuitable for younger listeners. Thank you for tuning in to Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater. I'm your host, Christian Phoenix. Now, growing up as a comic book fan of the 80s and 90s, I've always been fascinated with how storytellers translated these iconic heroes from the page to film, television, and radio. Long before we got the big-budget CGI epics we enjoy today, children gathered around their radios to hear their favorite do-gooders come to life with little more than their imaginations and these broadcasts from a time long forgotten. I invite you to gather around your radio for this presentation of Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater. And now, this episode, The Steam Plant. Presenting the transcription feature, Superman! Up in the sky! Look! It's a bird! It's a plane! Now, Superman. When we last saw Superman, he had just driven back a mass of rioting convicts at the western penitentiary of San Miguel, using a 20-foot timber as a weapon. For a moment, the situation is saved, but only for a moment. The Wolf and Kino are still barricaded in the dining hall with a few desperate convicts. As our story continues today, Superman has leaped into a cloud of tear gas and vanished. But already word of his unbelievable performance has reached the office of the warden and has also reached into the dining hall, the hiding place of Kino and the wolf. Listen. Hey, boss, where are you? Here, Kino, what's the matter? Close the door. Listen, I just heard from one of the guys that tried to rush the gates. They couldn't do it. Why not? They were stopped, forced back into the cell block. What stopped them? Not what, who Hey, boss, it was a guy in a red cloak that jumped over the wall, right out of a cloud of gas. What? A man in a red cloak? Boss, it's the same one, the one that stopped us from wrecking the silver clipper and broke up our car and turned us over to the cops. He's here at San Miguel. No, no, it's not possible. Yeah, and I'll tell you something else, too. That reporter's here, that Clark Kent. Clark Kent? Yeah, I seen him myself, running around a corner to the warden's office. Ah, so Kent's here, too, huh? We owe that smart young man something, you know? And I think this is the time to pay him. Kent doesn't know it yet, but the minute he makes a move or gets in our way, well... I get you. Say, how you gonna wake it? Look, you know, it's almost time. That gas is like a smoke screen over the yard. So what? Just this. When I give the signal, you and I and a few of the boys will dash across the yard to the steam plant. Hey, boss, suppose they shoot at us from the towers. Ah, don't worry, they won't. In the first place, the warden doesn't want bloodshed. He's soft, you know that. He'll do his best to break the riot with tear gas. He'll tell him to shoot if we make a break. When we're ready to break out, Kino, they won't even see us. And they won't shoot when we rush for the steam plant. I've got a little trump card, Kino. A little surprise for the warden and Mr. Clark Kent. Help me fix this broken telephone wire, Kino. Open that box. If I can get the phone to work, I've got a little message for the warden. Now find that loose end... And meanwhile, Superman, having forced the rioting convicts back into the cell block, unaware that the wolf and Kino are barricaded in the dining hall, enters the warden's office as Clark Kent. Who are you? 
Is this Warden Bowman? Yes. I'm Clark Kent of the Daily Planet. Uh, Warden speaking. Warden, I'm calling from the dining hall. What? Who is this? You don't need to know, but you should know this. Miss Lois Lane is right here with us. You've got Lois Lane? Quite so, Warden. At the moment, she's safe. But she won't be safe long unless you do as you're told. Man, think what you're doing. Oh, I've thought, Warden. I've had weeks and months to think. When we leave this place, the girl is going with us. If there's any shooting, she'll be the first one to stop a bullet. Wait! And if there's a reporter named Clark Kent in your office, tell him to remember, too. Tell him to remember the Silver Clipper. Wait! Wait! Come back here! Warden, the Silver Clipper. The man who spoke to you was the wolf. How did you hear that? How did you know who he was? Never mind. If he's got Lois Lane, there isn't a second to waste. I'll be back later, Warden. Hey, Kent! Where are you going? Just wait and see. I'm going to rush the dining hall. Have your guards ready when the mob comes out. So long. Once outside the warden's office, hidden by the heavy clouds of rolling gas, Clark Kent in a split second becomes Superman, man of steel, and streaks for the roof of the dining hall. Those devils. If they really got Lois, I'll give them something they'll never forget. Ah, there's the dining hall. Look at those guards trying to force the way in with tear gas. They'll never make it. Watch how long it takes Superman. Down. Down. Now then. Won't take me long to get in there. I'll rip through this roof in no time. Hardly an effort, Superman bends to the roof, seizes sheets of metal in his bare hands, strips them off like paper, crashes through planks and beams, and leaps into the dining hall. Hey! Hey! Hey, what's that? That guy in the red cape! I seen him at the gate! Run, beat it! All over, boys! The riot stops right here! Now open those doors and march out in the yard with your hands up! Go on, move! Who is this guy? Run! Quick! Quick! Keep moving! Out there and turn yourself over to the guards! And if I were you, I'd have my hands up! Faster, boys! Faster! And Kino. Didn't see them anywhere. Must be hiding in the cellar with Lois. But they won't hide long. Lois! Lois Lane, where are you? All right, if I've got to rip this place apart, I'll do it. But you'd better not be there when I find you, Wolf. Here I come! But the wolf is not to be found. Under cover of Superman's attack on the dining hall, he and Kino, carrying Lois between them, have slipped out a side door into clouds of smoke and made their way to the steam plant close against the prison's outer wall. There, with a small band of helpers... Boss, what do we do with the girl? You beast! Let me go! Throw her in the corner, Kino. No, 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 don't untie our hands. What are you going to do? Keep you with us, Miss Lane. As an antidote for Mr. Clark Kent. Clark Kent? Quite so. If Kent bothers us this time, I'm sorry, but it won't be too healthy for you. Kent? But he isn't anywhere near here. Oh, pardon me, but he is. Right up there in the warden's office, Miss Lane. Kent! Kent! Stop it, Kino, stop it! He'll be all right, but you better hurry, boss. They know we're here and they get ready to rush us. All right, get the cover off the steam tunnel. Be all ready in a minute. Hold them off. Force, they're getting closer. You over there. Have you got the steam lines rigged? Already. They rode the cellar with them and steam. Here they come. All right, turn on the steam. Point the nozzles down the yard. Let them have it. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. 
While half of the wolf's men work frantically to open the tunnel beneath the steam plant leading to escape, the others fight off prison guards with live steam from the boilers. And meanwhile, not having found either the wolf or Lois in the cellar of the dining hall, Superman streaks back to the office of the warden as Clark Kent. We're running them up now, sir. Came pouring onto that dining hall as if the devil was after them. Uh, half of them said the devil was after them. They yelled about a guy in a red cape. Said he came right through the roof. What about the ones in the steam plant? We'll get them, warden. Warden, any news of Lois Lane? Kent, where have you been? Down in the yard, around the dining hall. But I haven't seen a sign of Lois. Warden, what do you think? Kent, I don't know. Warden, sir, they've turned life steam into hose lines. Look, look, they're fighting off the guard. The fools, what do they think they can gain by that? They can't get anywhere from the steam plant. Warden, sir, I saw them. They ran across from the dining hall. They had the girl with them, warden. They've got the girl in there in the steam plant. Hey, where are you going, Kent? Hey, call that reporter back. Stop it. Catch him. Get A race against time. Lois in the power of the wolf. Kent dashes into the yard, heedless of the warning cries of the guards, plunges into a cloud of steam, and at once becomes Superman. Oh, no, I won't. I'll have them up there in no time. Steam can't hurt me. Go on, boys. Turn it on full. Watch out for yourselves, because here I come, right through that door. Now then, what? where are they? Oh, they fastened those hose lines to the window. Lois! There she is. Faded, too. Got to get her out of here. Turn off that steam, quick. When she comes around, she'll just see Clark Kent. And so will all the rest. Oh, the tunnel. Down that tunnel. Hey, this way. Miss Lane says they got to wait on the tunnel. No, they didn't. Hurry up. We got him on the other side. Miss Lane, are you all right? Yeah. I'm all right. Well, I reckon you can thank your friend Clark Kent for that. Kent? I didn't see you. How did you get here? Gee, Miss Lane, never mind that now. Point is, I did get here and just in time. Was it you that got me out? I thought I saw a tremendous figure in a red cape. Gosh, I sure hate to disappoint you, Miss Lane. I guess you figured I was Superman. Oh, no. Don't worry, Clark Kent. Why did you stop to look after me? If you'd been on your job, you'd have gone after those convicts down the tunnel. Oh, no. You'll never be confused with Superman. Oh, look. Here comes the warden. Warden, is everything all right? Hey, listen. We got them all but two. Two of those guys got away, broke through the tunnel, and got loose. Warden, which ones? Which ones? That fellow named Kino and the one they call the wolf. Kino and the wolf have escaped. Lois Lane is safe and unharmed, but the wolf and Kino have made good their escape aided by the power of the yellow mask. And unknown to Clark Kent, a strange and terrible adventure lies directly ahead. Be sure to tune in next time and follow the story. And remember, be sure to tune in the next thrilling installment of the amazing transcription feature, Superman! Up in the sky! Look! It's a bird! It's a plane! It's Superman! Superman is a copyrighted feature appearing in Action Comics magazine. Behold my process. Ooh, yeah, let me tell you something right here. Uh -huh. It's the Loop Crate subscription box, yeah, with an exclusive loop on surprises delivered to your door every month. 
Just pick up your favorite geeky genre, daddy. <laughs> From the original Loot Crate, the Loot Crate DX collectible boxes, dude. Cowabunga! To the Loot Gaming video game box. Woohoo! Yeehoo! Wowzers! With crates starting as large as $11.99 per month, there's a box just about for all collectors. To get your geek on, head over to phoenixmedia.us forward slash loot crate and claim your exclusive offer. That's f-e-n-i-x media.us forward slash loot crate. Great Scott! Snap into a loot crate, it. You're tuning in to Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater, presented by Phoenix Media. Up in the sky, it's a bird, it's a plane. No, it's Superman. And now, this episode, Wolf versus the Yellow Mask. When we last saw him, Superman had just rescued Lois Lane from a gang of convicts at San Miguel Prison, only to learn at the last minute that the two leaders of the riot, Kino and the Wolf, have made good their escape in the confusion. Alarms ring and sirens wail, but the two fugitives are nowhere to be seen. Kent and Lois return home, bringing their story of the riot. And by a curious coincidence, the Wolf and Kino arrive in the same city at about the same time. Following instructions, they make their way to the underground hideout of the Yellow Mask. Listen. Now listen, boys. You sure you know where you're going? Certainly, you know. Although why we were told to take this roundabout way, I'm sure I can't tell you. Leave that to the mask, boys. He knows what he's doing. Indeed, you know. Then perhaps you can explain why he left us so long in that confounded jail. Now, he knows what he's doing, He boys. should never have let us go to jail at all. Well, how could he help it? That guy Kent, the reporter. It's his business to help it. He made fools of us. Better not let him hear you say that, boys. Uh, he'll hear me say more than that when I find him. Ah, stop where you are. We've arrived. Well, I don't see nothing. This is just a blank wall. Watch, Kino. There. Keep looking, Kino. Look right at the wall. Gee, it's a door. Open up right in the rock. Inside, quick. Ah. And just in time, too. There's a police car not far off. Hey, you think they're looking for us? Possibly. But they'll never find us. Stand back, you know, while the door closes. It's pitch black. I can't see where I am. It's a passage. Just walk straight ahead. Is this where we'll find the mayor's? I hope so, Kino. And when I do find him, there'll be a settlement which is quite a bit overdue. Hey, boss, now think what you're saying. Kino... I've made up my mind. The mask has run things far too long. It's my turn now. Now, you can't say that. But I do say it. Why should I take second place? I'll run things myself. From now on, there's not room for both of us. As to that, my friend, I entirely agree with you. It's him. The mask. Turn on the lights. In the house of the mask, my friend, be careful what you say. Very well, mask. You heard me. It's either you or I. And since I happen to have a pistol here in my pocket... So, you brought a pistol, Wolf. This is the last time you'll stand in the way of high voltage. <laughs> that finishes the wolf. Kino, I think I heard you use the term boss. 
You will remember after this to whom it applies. Uh, yeah, sure. Well, well, whatever you say. Uh, what did you want to see us about? Plans, Tito. Great plans in which you should have a share. Plans that concern millions of dollars and thousands of lives. Stand quietly where you are, Tito, and listen. And almost at the same time that the yellow mask tells Kino of his plans, Editor Perry White of the Daily Planet speaks to Clark Kent and Lois Lane of a new assignment. Hello there, Lois. Come in. Close the door. Did you want to see both of us, Mr. White? I certainly did. You made out so well on that prison break that I'm going to send you and Kent out again. Oh, gee, that's great, Mr. White. I'm sure Mr. Kent could cover it much better alone. Well, you're going along, Lois. So sit down and listen. Have either of you heard what's going on in Dryerville? I haven't heard a thing about anything. I have, Chief. Oh, the human encyclopedia. He knows about everything. Do you know where Dryerville is, Lois? Only more or less, Mr. White. Well, it's up in the hills. Flourishing little city of about 30,000. And since about two weeks ago, they've been calling it the Jinx Town. <laughs> the Jinx Town? All those accidents. Is that why, Mr. White? Well, first they thought it was funny. And then it got serious. Now they don't know what to think. Why, what happened? Curious, unbelievable accidents. Nothing very striking at first. Just all the radio sets went out of whack. All at once? All at once. And then the telephone. Say, that might have been serious. It was, Kent. Then two days ago, although there hadn't been any rains, the town was flooded. Flooded? Three feet deep in water. Without any warning at all, the Jefferson River went over its banks and mighty near drowned them all out. Mr. White, anything else? That was two days ago, Kent. Yesterday, all the electric power in the city went off. And today... They were rocked by a series of earthquakes. Earthquakes? What, in this section of the country? Well, heavy explosions far underground, and they don't know what to make of it. People are excited, naturally, and now they're just a little bit afraid. Well, do you blame them? Well, asking themselves, what's behind all this? And that's where you're sending me and Kent, Mr. White. If you're sure you don't mind, Lois. Well, I'd feel safer with a more adequate escort. Oh, gosh, Miss Lena. I'll do the best I can to keep you out of trouble. Thank you, Mr. Kent. I'm usually able to do that much for myself. When do we leave, Mr. White? As soon as you can. Get an advance from the cashier and hire a car. A car? What's the matter with the train? Mm, I don't know. I just have a feeling. Mr. White, what do you mean? There's something back of this, Lois. I don't understand it. All these things aren't accidents. Mr. White, you think they're intended? I don't know, Kent. But if they are, well, I'd rather have you on a car than on a train heading into Dyerville. Uh, come along. I'll see you as far as the cashier. <laughs> This is A-15 reporting from the Daily Planet office. Go on, A-15. Reporter Clark Kent and the feature writer Lois Lane will arrive in Dyerville by automobile this evening. That is all. Well, are you sure you know which way you're going, Mr. Kent? Look, Lois, couldn't you call me Clark? Sorry, for some reason I seem to prefer Mr. Kent, and I also prefer Miss Lane. All right, Miss Lane. As I was saying, are you sure you're on the right road? Positive. There was a route sign back away to Dyerville. Then aren't we almost there? What time is it? Uh, too dark to see. Mind turning on the dome light? Thanks. Uh, it's half past 11. Look out, there's a car coming. Oh, I, I see it. Look out, he's coming straight at us. What? Mr. Kent! Uh, oh, the idiot, he almost put us in the ditch. Driving like a maniac, too. What's the matter? N nothing, Mr. Kent. Was there anything strange about that car? Strange? How do you mean? I thought... Well, of course, I didn't get a very good look at it, but I thought I'd seen it before. Not me. I thought it passed us a while ago, going the other way. What would he be doing that for? Oh, look here, Lois. I, I mean, Miss Lane. You're tired and upset. Oh, no, I'm not. Oh, I say you are. Now, think about something else. 
How about switching on the radio, huh? Thanks, I'd rather not. Oh, come on. At least we'll get the late news. Must you hear the news? Why not? Give it a chance to warm up first. Look, Miss Lane, they're ahead. That's Dyerville. Down there, over the river? Uh-huh, that's the Jefferson. We cross the toll bridge, and then we're in Dyerville. Nothing doing on the radio? I really don't know. Maybe it's broken. Oh, lights up all right. Look out. There's a car coming up behind us. Yeah, coming fast, too. Mr. Kent, be careful. He's not turning out. Look out! I'm the crazy idiot. Mr. Kent, it was the same car. You're right. Where till I get his number? Hang on. Oh. Well, what's that? Not the radio. I'm going to catch that fellow if it's the last thing I do. Go back, Mr. Kent. What? Go back. Go back. Go back. Mr. Kent, that voice. Where does it come from? The radio. That's not possible. Someone called me by name. Go back, Mr. Kent. Go back. Go back. Go back. That car. That's where it comes from. There's a radio transmitter in that car. Now I've got to catch him. Right ahead. There's the bridge. No bridge or no bridge, I'm going to catch that car. Hang on, Lois. There's not a sign of it. Well, there must be. It can't have vanished. Mr. Kent, be careful. The toll bridge. There's a man there and the bars are down. Look out! We're going right through them! Did you have to go so fast? Just look what you've done to the gates. Lucky if they don't take away your license. Hey, why do you think you're gone? Can't you see the lights? I'm sorry, officer. Really? I you'll be sorry. Let me see your license, young fellow. This here's a toll bridge, not a speedway. I'll pay the toll. I hope to tell you you'll pay the toll. And you'll pay for them gates, too. And about $50 for reckless driving. Oh, it, it, it wasn't reckless driving, officer. I was chasing that car ahead, and I just what had car? To... What car? What car ahead? You're the only car on this bridge in the last half hour. I tell you, there was a car. I saw it. Keep on, and you'll see pink elephants and green elephants. Uh, all right. How much is the toll? Uh, never you mind the toll. That's the least of your worries. The bridge! It's shaking. What's the matter? The bridge. It's another quake. Run. Run. Got to save the bridge and save Lois. Not much time. Good thing it's dark. They couldn't see Clark Kent change into Superman. If I can get down underneath it, down on the piers. Quick. It's going. Matter of seconds. Down. Down. Down through the darkness, Superman plummets like an arrow, while the great structure of struts and cables sways and groans above the river, while the car containing Lois Lane slips, halts, and slips again nearer to the sudden brink that yawns suddenly where a moment before was solid pavement. Can the man of steel save the bridge of steel? Or have matters already gone beyond the power of even his incalculable strength? And whose was the voice on the radio? And what terrible fate? hangs over the town of Dyerville. Tune in next time and follow the story. And remember, be sure to tune in the next thrilling installment of the amazing transcription feature, Superman. Up in the sky, look, it's a bird. It's a plane. It's Superman. Superman is a copyrighted feature appearing in Action Comics magazine. You're tuning in to Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater, presented by Phoenix Media. Up in the sky, it's a bird, it's a plane. No, it's Superman. And now, this episode...
The Yellow Mask Escapes. When we last saw him, Clark Kent was traveling toward the mountain city of Dyerville with Lois Lane to investigate a curious chain of disasters and accidents that had held the city in a grip of fear for the past eight days. But as they reached the toll bridge over the Jefferson River, leading into Dyerville, the bridge suddenly trembled and swayed. Lois screamed as their automobile slid toward the guardrail, and Kent leaped away in the darkness. As our story continues, he has become Superman. Red cloak streaming in the wind, he plummets down through the night in a desperate effort to save the bridge and prevent the car from plunging into the river below. Listen. That bridge is shaking like a tree in a high wind. If I can get down under it and hold it, find out what's wrong. Here we are. Why, the foundation's half gone. Blown apart as if it had been hit by a shell or a torpedo. Those girders are just hanging loose. If I can only put them back where they belong... I don't know. It's pretty far gone, but maybe I can make it. If I don't, the whole thing will fall crash in the river. Blow us along with it. Now then, one more pull. <sighs> Made it. Twisted that steel work back into place. Now to return to Lois on the bridge as Clark Kent. Up! Up! What's happened? Where are the lights? So dark. Kent. Kent. Lois. I mean, Miss Lane. Are you all right? The bridge. What about the bridge? Oh, don't worry about the bridge. But what was it? What happened? I don't know. Maybe the foundation gave way in the flood. We'll be all right if we keep going. Come on, get back in the car. Lucky it didn't roll off the bridge and smash up. Kent. We can't cross now. Oh, yes, we can. I, I've paid the toll. Clark, can't you fool? I'm not thinking about the toll. The bridge will go down with no, us. No, it won't, Lois. It's safe now, I'm sure. Come on, get in. Here we go. Now, if you're the least bit afraid, just shut your eyes. Clark, Kent, and Lois Lane cross the damaged bridge safely and arrive in Dyerville. Next morning, in the office of the city commissioner, they wait for an interview. Oh, here he is now. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning, Commissioner. Good morning. And this is Miss Lane, I take it, and Mr. Clark Kent, both of the Daily Planet. Sorry to bother you, Commissioner, but we're after a story about what's been going on in Dyerville. Yes, come into my office and close the door. All right. Well, sit down, Miss Lane, Mr. Kent. Thanks, Commissioner. We won't take up too much of your time. Yeah, don't worry. If you were ordinary reporters, you wouldn't take up any of it. I'd see to that. But I've had a call from your editor. Oh, you have? From Mr. White? Yes, Perry White of the Daily Planet. It's about you, Kent. Me? Yes, Mr. White tells me that you're not only a good reporter, but that you seem to have a knack of digging out what's back of things. Well, I'm sure I don't know. It's a knack or just dumb luck. Well, either one will do me. Because if I don't get to the bottom of this business, and soon... Just what's happening, Commissioner? Well, have you heard about the Jefferson Bridge last night? What? The South Pier was carried away as if a giant monster had bitten a chunk out of it. Good heavens, and we were on it. Yes, but that's not all. Whatever it was, some human agency or mysterious force not only almost took the bridge away, but put it back. What? That's what I say. Most of the steel girders were torn loose from their rivets, but someone replaced them, twisted them together so they'd hold. Why, only a Superman could have done it. Superman? Just imagine that. Well, forget about the bridge. It's the least of what's happened. There was the matter of the electric power. Three days ago, it went completely out for no explainable reason. And what about that flood, Commissioner? Yes, yes, the flood. And the earthquakes or explosions or whatever they were. I tell you, I can't stand much more of this. None of us can. 
Why, we never know from one moment to another what's going to happen next. Huh. And there's uh, no explanation? No clue of any kind? Kent, not a one. What if they're not accidents? What if there's some human fiend behind all this? What's he trying to do? What does he want? Does he intend wiping the city off the map? Oh, no, no, no. Take it easy, Commissioner. There's probably some very simple explanation. All right. All right. Probably there is. But you find it, Kemp. Go out and dig it up. Say, I've had the best men I know on it so far, and they haven't found a thing. I tell you, I'm at the end of my rope. Well, Miss Lane and I may be able to help, Commissioner. Well, I hope so, Kent. I hope so. Because if this madness doesn't stop soon, I think we'll all go out of our minds. If there's just one more catastrophe, one more unexplained accident... Hmm. Hello? Yes, yes, this is the Commissioner. What? Art? When did it happen? Mr. Kent, what is it? Quiet, I want to hear. What? Yes, well, get every boat in the river, you understand? Every boat... Yes, called tugs and police launches. But land that barge. Get it out of trouble. Listen, something's gone wrong on the river. Yes, yes, call me back. I'll be right here by the phone. Commissioner, what is it? What's happened? There's a railroad barge with 15 tank cars on it loaded with gasoline. It broke loose from its tug. What? It's drifting downstream toward the falls. Toward the falls? Yes, and they can't stop it. They can't stop it. The tide's too strong. They can't do a thing. Kent, where are you going? Where do you think? Out to find that barge. I'll see you later, Commissioner. You wait here, Miss Lane. Some story in that. I'll be back as soon as I can. Wait. Wait off until you wait. Sorry, Lois. Can't stop now. There's an emergency like that. It's time Clark Kent gave way to Superman. Ah, here's a window. No one in sight. Good. We're up. Up and away. Off like a streak of light, Superman leaps into the air, heads for the river, and disappears in a bank of mist. Meanwhile, the Jefferson River is a scene of terror and confusion. Whistle scream, but nothing can stop the swift course of the helpless railroad barge. Caught in the rapid current and moving ever faster toward the falls, the two men on the barge are frantic with fear. They can't get us. We're going faster and faster. Get ahead. Ain't that the falls? No, we're going over. We're going over, sure. We gotta jump. Jump and swim for it. No, no, don't jump. Stay with the barge. It's our only chance. I tell you, we'll be killed. Drowned. Smashed to pieces. Jump. Jump, I tell you. Jump. Ah, there's the barge. And there are the falls, too. Not much time. Got to dive down there, grab that barge load of railroad cars, and tow them back where they came from. I must be careful. One spark might set that gasoline off. Down into the water. Down. Now then, three good strokes and I'm there. One, two, three. Ah, I've caught the barge. Now all I have to do is tow it back up the river. And without being seen, here we go. Superman, exerting his terrific strength, brings the heavily loaded barge around in the river, forces it upstream, eases it safely into a dock and disappears again in the murky water of the Jefferson River. And presently, back in the office of the city commissioner, where Lois still waits. There it is. There it is. That barge. It's gone over the falls. I hardly dare answer the phone. Shall I take it, commissioner? No, no. Hello? Yes? What? You... you say it's safe? It... 
it slid back upstream, floated into a dock, and it didn't go over the falls? Say, wait a minute, you're sure? What? <laughs> I don't care how it happened. All I need to know is they're safe. Oh, Miss Lane, Miss Lane, that barge is all right. Well, Commissioner, what's happened? Well, I don't know. Some crazy, impossible story, but who cares about that? Yes, come in, come in. Hello, Commissioner. Oh. Hi, Miss Lane. Well, hello there, Kent. I guess you've heard the news, too, huh? About the barge? <laughs> yes, and I decided I might as well come back. You didn't get your big story after all, did you, Mr. Kent? Oh, there's still a story, Miss Lane. Uh, what do you mean? What do you mean? That affair of the railroad barge breaking away from its tug was no accident, sir. What? Mr. Kent knows all the answers, Commissioner. Those cars and that gasoline were meant to go over the Jefferson River Falls. Well, Kent, you're joking. No, no. No, I'm not joking. Mr. Kent, how do you know all this? Very simple, Miss Lane. The steel cable joining the barge and the tug didn't break. It was cut. Commissioner. Yes, yes. Commissioner, have you heard? Did you get it? Get what? What are you talking about? Turn on your radio. Radio? Radio? What are you talking about? Come on, it's on, Commissioner. Yes, yes. Diaville. What? Calling the city of Tyreville. What's that? Listen, What's that? listen. Calling the city of Tyreville. The secret empire demands the sum of one million dollars. One million dollars is the price of Tyreville. To be paid by midnight tomorrow. If it is not paid, Tyreville will cease to exist. This is the yellow mask. Tyreville. Calling the Shut city of Tyreville. Shut that thing off. What does it mean? Kent. What does it mean? Kent, did you hear? The yellow mask. We thought he was dead. Killed when that plane crashed. What's she talking about? Kent, what is it? Commissioner, it means just this. Miss Lane and I have met the yellow mask before. It means that unless you raise one million dollars by midnight tomorrow, Dyerville will be wiped off the face of the earth. Suddenly, like the shadow of a dreadful nightmare, the hand of the yellow mask hangs darkly over Dyerville. Now the reason is clear for the long chain of accidents that plagued the city. The yellow mask has been placing the people of the town in the grip of a deadly terror. What will happen next? What can Superman do in the few short hours that remain? Tune in next time and follow the story. Be sure to tune in the next thrilling installment of the amazing transcription feature, Superman. Up in the sky, look, it's a bird. It's a plane! It's Superman! Superman is a copyrighted feature appearing in Action Comics magazine. You're tuning in to Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater presented by Phoenix Media. Up in the sky, it's a bird, it's a plane. No, it's Superman. And now, this episode, Mystery of Dyerville, Part 1. When we last saw him, Superman, as Clark Kent, stood amazed in the office of the city commissioner of Dyerville with Lois Lane as the radio blared the threat of the yellow mask. Unless the sum of one million dollars was paid within 36 hours, Dyerville would be wiped into oblivion. As our story continues, 24 of the precious 36 hours have already passed. Once again, Kent and Lois Lane are in the office of the commissioner, while a dark cloud hangs ever lower over the city's heart. Listen. What's that? Half past twelve? Half past twelve. Don't keep thinking of the time, Commissioner. Confounded, Kent. What else can I think of? You say yourself, this fellow, this yellow mask means what he says. 
Yes, I'm afraid that's true enough. <laughs> Commissioner, suppose you were going to destroy Dyerville. How would you do it? I can't. You're out of your mind. No, I see what he means, Commissioner. Hmm? Is there any way you can think of any sudden disaster that would destroy the city at once? Why, fire, I imagine. Or flood. Flood? Yeah. You mean a flood from the river? Oh, not exactly. Flood from the hills. Flood from the hills? How yeah. do you mean? Well, here, look here. Take a look at this map on the wall. It shows Dyerville and its suburbs. Ah, right up in a fold of the hills. Yes, that's it, Kent. Right under the mountains. And you see that black line just above? Huh? What's that? Well, that's the Harley Dam with the lake up above. Say, come to think of it, if I were bent on wiping Dyerville off the map, I'd blow out the Harley Dam, if I could. Commissioner, yes? if the dam did go out, what would happen? The end of the world, Kent, so far as Dyerville's concerned. There's a lake behind it that's ten miles long. Billions of gallons of water. And it would all come down on Dyerville? Every drop of it. And wipe out the town? It could actually do that? Yes, it could. Excuse me. City Commissioner's office. This is your friend, the Yellow Mask, Commissioner. The Yellow Mask? Kent, the mask again. I'm calling to remind you that you have only 24 hours to go. 24 hours before every man, woman, and child in Dyersville will drown like a rat. Unless I get one million dollars in cash. Tell your committee that. Goodbye. Oh, wait. 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 By heavens, I've got something to go on now. I'll have that call traced. Save yourself the trouble, Commissioner. What? You won't find anything. We've dealt with the yellow mask before. Yes, but, but where was he? What did he mean? I don't know where he was, but it's plain enough what he meant. I heard what he said about drowning every man, woman, and child like a rat. He means to destroy the dam. The dam? Commissioner. Yes? We've got till midnight. Now, I've met the mask before and didn't come off second best. This isn't the time for boasting, Mr. Oh, I'm sorry, Miss Lane. Call it confidence if you like. And don't stop to split hairs. What are you going to do? Well, you stay here, Commissioner, in case the mask sends in another message. Yes? And meanwhile, Miss Lane and I will have a look at that dam. Oh, yes, and, and put in a call to the police and the National Guard. Have every available man on duty from now till midnight. Come along, Miss Lane. Uh, keep in touch with me by phone, Kent. And lots of luck. We'll need it, Commissioner. So long. Borrowing a car, Kent and Lois Lane start at once on the lonely mountain drive to the top of the Harley Dam. And meanwhile, safe in his secret hideout near the dam, the yellow mask gives quick instructions to his henchman, Kino. Are you there, Kino? Come inside. Okay, boss. What's doing? There'll be a lot doing, Kino. Quite a lot. Promptly at midnight, we destroy 30,000 people. Within the next half hour, we destroy two. Which two? That news reporter, Clark Kent, and his friend, Miss Lois Lane. Uh, where are they? I have been informed they are driving toward the dam in a car. You will meet that car, Kino, and carry on from there. Well, how do I stop them, boss? Very simply. Look here. You see that dynamo in the corner? Yeah. I will start it going. I know how it runs. But you don't know how it stops, Kino, except in the usual way. But now, see here. Hey, uh, what's that little box? A very useful invention, Kino, one of my own, hardly bigger than a camera. But I point it at the dynamo. Watch carefully, Kino, and press this button. Hey, the dynamo, it stopped. Naturally. Anyone can do it, even you, Kino. With my little box. Uh, how's it work? Never mind that, Kino. The point is that it does work and that you can work it. 
Do you know the abandoned cabin where the road makes a right-angle turn? Oh, yeah, sure. Good. You will go there and be ready when Mr. Clark Kent comes by in his car. Uh, what do I do, boss? Hide inside the cabin. When you see the car approaching, point the box through the window directly across the road. And what'll happen? The car will stop instantly, Kino. No fooling. Uh, why? Ignition trouble, Kino. Oh. The engine will stop running. And if you do your part thereafter, so will Mr. Kent. Okay, boss. I guess I catch on. That's all. Now go. Don't make any mistakes, Peter. I'm coming up. And do you mind telling me, Mr. Kent, just what you propose to do when we get to the dam? Oh, just look around, Miss Lane. See what we can see. And do you think you'll be likely to see anything that's escaped the police? Oh, I might. Surprises do happen. Hey, here's a crossroad or a turn or something. Wonder which way we go now. Oh, don't you know the way? Well, that fellow at the garage didn't say anything about a crossroad. Well, why don't you stop and ask? Maybe there's somebody in that old cabin over there. Ah, uh, doesn't look like it. Oh, we're all right. There's a sign. Harley Dam, turn right. What's the matter? That's funny. The motor stopped dead just like that. I'm not blind, Mr. Kent, nor deaf. I can see it stopped. You think if you brought your mind to bear, you could find out why? Can't be. We're out of gas. I filled up before we left. Oh, well. What are you going to do? Bring my mind to bear. And just sit where you are while I do it. Maybe there's something wrong with the wiring. I'll take a look. Mr. Kent! Okay, boys, uh, let him have it. Hey, hey what's the big what idea? What are you doing? Hey, come on, folks. You've got to take with the yellow mask. Come on, Ed. Come on, Ed. Come on, Lois. Yellow mask wants to see you. Overpowered, Kent and Lois Lane are dragged away from the car and carried into the abandoned cabin by the side of the road. Kent, realizing at once from Kino's words that the mask is behind the attack, pretends weakness in the desperate hope of learning the mask's plans. Tossed in a room by himself, tied hand and foot, he watches with interest as Kino enters and arranges a mechanism on the floor with wires. What are you doing there? And what have you done with Miss Lane? Uh, Miss Lane? Oh, she's okay, pal. Right in the next room. Kind of restless, ain't she? Well, that won't last long. Not more than five minutes after I get this fixed. What are you doing with that battery? Well, what do you think? I'm fixing up a nice little one-way ticket to Dreamland for you and the gal both. There. Now, I reckon she's set. What is that thing? Don't worry, pal. You'll find out. You're not figuring by any chance on blowing us up, are you? Smart guy catches right on. That's murder, Kino. Only if they catch you. I'd think twice if I were you. So it's lucky you ain't me. Well, so long, pal. Me and the rest of the boys have a date up above near the dam, and we got to keep it. So long, and pleasant dreams. Oh, the devils. Planning to blow us up. Well, there are several ways of playing that game, my friend. Can't stand it. Gotta get going. I don't see any reason for just lying here and watching that bomb go off. Here's where Clark Kent takes time out. It's Superman's turn. I'll just snap these ropes and take that battery thing apart. Ah. Now I think it's time to leave. We've got a date at the dam, too, you know. I'm coming, Miss Lane. Lock the door, have they? Well, I need a little light exercise. Oh, she's fainted. That's lucky. So much the better. When she comes to, she'll never know what happened. Ah, got to pick her up and get out of here. 
I'd like to follow Kino to where the mask is hiding out. But I'm afraid to leave Lois here alone. It wouldn't do to take her with me. I'll go back to the dam. Up! Up! And away! Carrying the unconscious form of Lois Lane in his arms, Superman leaps into the sky and heads toward a patch of woodland near the dam, where he can arrive without being seen. And meanwhile, on the dam itself, troops patrol and police keep watch. Suddenly, a car roars up and stops with a wild scream of brakes. Commissioner, uh, we didn't expect you up here. Well, never mind that, Sergeant. Quick, have you found anything? No, sir, not a thing. Has there been a reporter up here, a fellow named Kent? Kent? Yeah. Uh, no, sir, nobody by that name. Oh, here he comes now, and the girl with him. Oh, Kent! Kent! Coming, Commissioner. Well, how did you get up here so fast? I uh, followed you. Just after you left my office, I got a message. But, great heavens, what's the matter with Miss Lane? Uh, I'm all right. I don't remember. Oh, we, uh... We had a little accident driving up. Accident? Nothing serious, though, Commissioner. Really, she hurt? Oh, no, no. Miss Lane will be all right. Tell me now, you, you say you got a message? Yeah, come out here, Kent. Out on top of the dam, where we won't be overheard. All right. Oh, uh, you come too, Miss Lane. Commissioner. Yes? What is it? Another message from the mask? Yeah, now, wait a minute. I'll show it to you. What the... What? What's oh, the dam! What's happening? Kent, Kent, do you hear that? Do you feel it? It's the dam. Yes. It's beginning to shake. Get out of here. Run for the shore. Come on. Get out of here. Sudden crisis at the Harley Dam. What is the meaning of the ominous rumbling, and has it anything to do with the mysterious message the commissioner got? The message that brought him racing to the dam? Tune in next time and follow the story. And remember... Be sure to tune in the next thrilling installment of the amazing transcription feature, Superman. Up in the sky, look, it's a bird. It's a plane. It's Superman. Superman is a copyrighted feature appearing in Action Comics magazine. Get this and previous episodes of Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater wherever you get podcasts or by visiting phoenixmedia.us forward slash Silver Age Heroes. Join us again, same bat time, same bat station, for another presentation of Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater. Excelsior! Thank you for tuning in to Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater. I'm your host, Christian Phoenix. Now, growing up as a comic book fan of the 80s and 90s, I've always been fascinated with how storytellers translated these iconic heroes from the page to film, television, and radio. Long before we got the big-budget CGI epics we enjoy today, children gathered around their radios to hear their favorite do-gooders come to life with little more than their imaginations and these broadcasts from a time long forgotten. I invite you to gather around your radio for this presentation of Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater. And now, this episode, Mystery of Dyerville, Part 2.
Presenting the transcription feature, Superman. Up in the sky, look, it's a bird, it's a plane, it's Superman. And now, Superman. When we last saw him, Superman, as Clark Kent, had come to the town of Dyerville with Lois Lane to save it from the grim designs of the Yellow Mask, who had threatened to destroy it unless the city paid him the huge sum of a million dollars within 36 hours. Kent has discovered that the mask intends to wipe out the mighty Harley Dam above the city and sweep away every living thing in the resulting flood. But how the mask plans to break the dam, guarded as it is by heavily armed police, is still a mystery. Today, as our story continues, sudden terror has seized a small group standing on top of the dam. Less than 12 hours to go before the end of the time limit set by the yellow mask. But already strange rumbling shocks far below the surface of the water sound the warnings of disaster. Kent... Lois Lane and the city commissioner of Dyerville, caught on the roadway of the dam, race wildly for the shore. Hey, what's that, Miss Lane? Miss Lane! Come on, come on. Don't stop to look back. Oh, Kent, is it going now? No, I don't think so. Take it easy, commissioner. That noise, whatever it was, it's, it's all over now. What's it there? Kent, I give you my word, I thought it was all over right that minute. What was it? What happened? I can't imagine. Felt like an earthquake shock. Yes, or an explosion way down under the water. Explosion? Say, it might have been at that. But why? Even if the mask is going to blow out the dam, we've still got ten hours by his own word. Yeah, that's right. Till midnight tonight. Well, I'm not so sure about that. Look, here's why I followed you out here. This letter came just after you left my office. What is it? Uh, It's a note. Don't ask me how it came, because I don't know. All I know is that I found it on my desk. I'd have sworn there hadn't been a soul in the room. Here, read it, Kent. All right. To the city commission. The secret empire is becoming impatient. I am not pleased with the way Dyerville meets my demands. Let there be more speed or I may change my mind. Sign the yellow mask. More speed may change his mind. And what's he mean by that? Commissioner, the mask may be fooling us. It's not like him to give such a plain warning. Mr. Kent, I don't understand you. Well, I mean just this. What if the mask doesn't mean to blow up the dam at all? What if he's got some other scheme? Kent, why do you think that? Well, he's let us know too much. Almost looks as if he wanted us all up here while he worked out another plan somewhere else. If that's the case, what can we do? Well, Lois, uh, I mean, Miss Lane, you go back to town with the commissioner. Back to the meeting. Isn't that your car right over there? Yes, it is. Are you sure that's the best thing to do? I'm not sure. Right now, nobody can be sure of anything. Well, I'll take your word for it, Kent. Come along, Miss Lane. Oh, start up, Peters. We're going back. Mr. Kent, what are you going to do? Oh, stay around. Keep my eyes open and my ears. All right. Get in, Miss Lane. That's it. And Kent, whatever happens, try and get back to the meeting. I'll do that, Commissioner. That's a promise. Don't forget. And good luck to you. Not only to me, good luck to all of us. Luck, huh? Well, we'll need a little luck. Now that they're gone, I think it's time Clark Kent gave way to Superman. Any of those policemen watching? No. I think I'll have a look underwater. Find out where those explosions came from. Here I go. Here. Here's something. Looks like a piece of polished metal. And right up against the dam, too, where the crack is. I can get it loose from the bottom. Now then. Got it. Fried it loose. Now up. Up in the air. And over to shore to see what it is. Up. Up. 
the shelter of a group of pine trees, Superman examines the curious object. He is taken from the bottom of Harley Lake. Amazement shows in his eyes. He leaps again into the sky and streaks for the meeting chamber in the council hall of Dyerville, where fear-stricken citizens look at each other with pale, drawn faces. I don't know what Don't you know better than to call me out now? Who is it? There he is, Commissioner. Said you knew him. Oh, Kent. Well, quick, man. Has anything happened? Commissioner, where's Miss Lane? She's all right. She's waiting in my office. What about the mask? Commissioner, I've found the reason for that explosion we felt this afternoon. Yes? It was a torpedo. A torpedo? That's what I said. An underwater torpedo fired from somewhere up the lake at the face of the Harley Dam. No wonder it shook. Yes, but but why? The time hadn't expired. What was the reason? Number one, to terrify us. Number two... To show us what he could do. Hmm. Commissioner, when the time comes, the yellow mask can blow that dam into a thousand bits. Where is he? Can't we find him and stop him? We might if we had time. Right now, he could be anywhere on Harley Lake, and it's getting dark. No time for that, Commissioner. Uh, What's the meeting doing? Oh, nothing. Talking it over, arguing back and forth. We have a radio in there in case the mask sends another message. And the proceedings are being broadcast so that everyone in Dyerville will know what's going on. Will they pay the money? I don't know. Do you Look think... here, Commissioner. Yes? Now, tell me quickly. If the dam does go, how does the water come down on the city? Billions of gallons, Kent. Well, there wouldn't no, be no, a chance. No, no, that, that, that's not what I mean. What's its course? Which way does it go? Uh, down through the Jefferson Gorge, and then into the valley. And Dyerville's right in the way. Through the gorge? Yeah. Commissioner, if you could block that gorge, what would happen? Well, I don't know. Yeah, yes, I do, too. And the flood would go down the old riverbed. And miss the city? Miss it entirely, and join the river again two miles below Dyerville. Commissioner, yes? could you dynamite that gorge? Block it up? Well, I don't know. Uh, no, 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 we couldn't. Not in the time we have. Well, try it. Call in the army. Have their engineers get right out there and set charges. It's your only chance. Well, Kent, if you think... Well, if that's the only way... Uh, listen, they're calling for a vote. I've got to go back in there, Kent. You'd better come, too. They'll make a final decision. Come along. All right. Well, gentlemen... Are you ready for the question, gentlemen? Yes. Put it to a vote. We've made up our minds. They can't blackmail us. Gentlemen, it has been moved and seconded that no further action be taken in the matter of the demands made on Dyerville by the figure known as the Yellow Mask. All those in favor? Aye. Contrary-minded? It is so voted. Gentlemen, you have made your decision, and I think a wise one. The people of this city cannot yield to the threat of fear. Very well, gentlemen. You have made your decision, and I have made mine. Where is it, Commissioner? It's coming over the radio. I shall not wait until midnight. I shall destroy your city now, at once, that others may know what it means to defy the will of the Yellow Mask. Run for your lives, you fools. Save them if you can. Another threat. Yes. I have released my torpedoes. The flood is already on its way. Order. Order, gentlemen. He can't mean it. That was just a threat. He can't do it. Now keep your seats, gentlemen. Whose voice was that broadcasting? You heard it on the radio yesterday. You know who it was. But I don't believe him. Where's that news reporter? Where's Clark Kent? Yes, Miss Lane, what's the matter? Quiet, all of you, listen. A phone call just came in, Commissioner, the dam. It's been blown to pieces. Harley Dam is destroyed. The flood is coming down on Dyer. 
And meanwhile, where is Clark Kent? Vanished from the scene, changed in a twinkling to the flying form of Superman. Faster than an airplane, red cloak streaming in the wind, he rushes back up the valley to meet the boiling, roaring flood of Harley Lake, pouring down toward the narrow gorge of the Jefferson River. I've a work fest. This has got to be the time. First to see if that devil was telling the truth, then to block up the gorge. It's one chance in a thousand. Even Superman can't hold back a flood. Oh, it won't hurt me. I can't drown. But it can kill every living soul in Dyerville. Faster. Faster. Ah, there it is. Going like a mill race. So you did it after all, Mask. Well, let's see if there's still time to stop you. Back to the Jefferson Gorge. Racing ahead of the flood, Superman swoops down to the only place where it can be turned from the doomed city, the narrow bend of the man-made gorge. Rocky cliffs rise a hundred feet on either side. Down thunders a towering wall of angry water. There it is. Can't get there ahead of the water, but maybe I can block it off. Down! Down! Tearing at the granite walls, floodwaters raging on every hand, Superman rips into the living rock, sends great masses plunging to the foot of the gorge. But more is needed, and yet more. The water is thundering through. A great point of stone hangs high overhead. Ah! Ugh. One last chance. If I can rip that loose, crash it down there in the middle. Oh, here it goes. Ah. Ah. Not much time. Once more. Ah. It's cracking. It's starting to go. Ow! It's down. It's done it. It's blocked the gorge. The flood. The flood's going down the old channel. It'll miss Dyerville by half a mile. In the last second of time, Superman tears down the high rocky walls of Jefferson Gorge, turns aside the main stream of the flood, sends it down its old harmless channel, saves the city of Dyerville. And two hours later, in a telegraph office on the city's main street. All right, here comes another sheet. Same address. Perry White, Daily Planet. Well, Mr. Kent, fancy meeting you here. Hello, Lois. Well, they tell me it's all over. The flood missed Dyerville. And once again, do you mind telling me where you've been all the time? Oh, I don't know. Out and around. Well, one thing's certain. This time, it's my story and not yours. Your story? You bet it is. Your cowardly running away cut you right out of it. I've sent Mr. White a complete account of how Dyerville was saved from the flood. This is one time, Mr. Clark Kent, when you weren't in on it. Hiding a smile, Kent turns away. Then the smile abruptly fades. Dyerville is saved, as Lois says. But what of the yellow mask? Suddenly Kent realizes that the mad menace is still at large. And who can tell where his next blow will strike? So be with us again next time and follow the exciting story of Superman. And remember, be sure to tune in the next thrilling installment of the amazing transcription feature, Superman. Up in the sky, look, it's a bird. It's a plane. It's Superman. Superman is a copyrighted feature appearing in Action Comics magazine. Oh, my precious. Ooh, yeah, let me tell you something right here. Uh-huh. 
It's the Loot Crate subscription box, yeah! Full of exclusive loot! On surprises and delivered to your door every month! Just pick up your favorite geeky genre, daddy! <laughs> From the original Loot Crate, the Loot Crate DX collectible boxes, dude! Cowabunga! To the Loot Gaming video game box! Woohoo! Wowzers! With crates starting as low as $11.99 per month, those are backs just about for all collectors. To get your geek on, head over to phoenixmedia.us forward slash loot crate and claim your exclusive offer. That's F-E-N-I-X media.us forward slash loot crate. Great Scott! Snap into a loot crate, it. You're tuning in to Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater, presented by Phoenix Media. Up in the sky, it's a bird, it's a plane, no, it's Superman. And now, this episode, The Emerald of the Incas, Part 1. As our story opens today, Clark Kent sits at his desk in the city room of his newspaper, putting the finishing touches on a follow-up story about the bursting of the great dam at Dyerville. A strange adventure in which Superman played a thrilling part. But already an even stranger adventure is at hand. Above the clatter of typewriters and newstickers, Kent hears the door of a private office open behind him. He half turns in his chair, just as Jay Hamlin, assistant to Editor White, calls him by name. Hey there, Clark Kent. Right here. Come in here a minute. Close the door. This is something very special, Kent. And if Mr. White were here, I know that he'd want you to take it on. Oh, I don't think you know Miss Beecham, do you? Uh, no, I'm afraid I don't. Elsie, this is Clark Kent. How do you do, Mr. Kent? Delighted to know you, Miss Beecham. Sit down, Kent. Pay close attention. You've heard of Dr. George Haven Beecham, haven't you? Explorer, scientist, archaeologist. Oh, yes, indeed. Well, Elsie's his daughter. Oh. Yes, I've known her since she was an infant. And her father is one of my closest friends. Now, here's the situation. Something mysterious and unusual has happened to Dr. Beecham. But, uh, suppose you tell the story, Elsie. Huh? Mm-hmm. It may sound a little silly to Mr. Kent. Oh, I'm sure it won't. Go right ahead, Miss Beecham. From the beginning, Nancy. Well, it, it's this way. Nine months ago, my father went into the jungles of South America to supervise the excavation of some ancient tombs. He wrote to me regularly, and, and everything seemed to be quite all right. How often did you hear from him, Elsie? Oh, about once a week. The last letter came two days before he sailed for home. In it, he, he told me not to meet him at the boat. Oh, that's strange. Did he give any reason? Well, none at all. He said he'd phone me. And did he? Yes, he did. Two hours after the boat docked. Well, what did he say, Miss Beecham? Practically nothing. He sounded almost ghostly. Like a man afraid of his life. Oh, now, you're just imagining things, Elsie. If I know your father, and I do, he's never been afraid of anything. That's just what's had me worried. That and, and the instructions he gave me. What were the instructions, Miss Beecham? Well, first he told me he couldn't see me for quite some time. That in itself isn't natural, Kent. Elsie and her father have always been devoted to one another. I see. Uh, go on, Miss Beecham. He said he was going out to Brentwood for a while, that he had to be alone. Uh, did he say where in Brentwood, Miss Beecham? The Stone House. But he wanted me not to try to communicate with him. He said he was quite well and that he'd brought back a native servant to look after him. A half-breed named Zingre. You did try to call him, though, didn't you? I I waited until yesterday. Then I, then I couldn't stand it any longer. You phoned? Yes. There was no answer. Oh. Oh, that's queer. If your father was using the stone house in Brentwood as a hideaway, it, well, it seems to me he'd be there. That's just how I felt, Mr. Kent. Now, now you know why I'm so worried. Uh, have you thought of notifying the Brentwood police? Oh, no, I didn't dare. 
Father despises publicity. He'd be furious with me. Oh. There's only one thing to do, Kent. You take Elsie to Brentwood and find out what's what. Why, I'd be glad to. Well, let's see, it's, uh, it's six now. Well, suppose we have dinner, Miss Beecham, and then drive out. I'd love to, Mr. Kent. Well, shall we leave now? We don't want to get out there too late. I'm ready, if you are. Let me know the moment you find out anything. Sure thing, Mr. Hamlin. Goodbye, Uncle Jay, and thanks a million. Forget it, and stop worrying. Looking place. Is this Brentwood, Mr. Kent? This is Brentwood, all right, Miss Beecham. And I think that's Stonehouse, back of those trees and behind that iron fence. Well, if Dad's there, he certainly doesn't want callers. Why, it looks completely closed up. Yes, not a light anywhere. Oh, say, I guess we passed the gate. The gate? You know, leading into the grounds. Oh. Well, what are you getting out for? Where are you going, Mr. Kent? Well, I, I just thought I'd run back and see if the gates are open. Wait here a minute, will you? Well, don't leave me alone here too long, Mr. Kent. Don't worry, Miss Beecham. I'll be right back. I hope she doesn't try to follow me. Something about the look of this fence and gate I don't quite like. It's too carefully hidden away back at the shrubbery. Purposely hidden. I wonder why. Ah, here we are. Now, I wonder if I can get through the fence or over it or... Oh! oh. Electrified, eh? Quite a jolt, too. Ah, this looks like a job for Superman. Pretty smart shooting high-powered voltage through an iron fence, but not smart enough. Ah, get back out of the shrubbery and look around. Ah, here's the gate. That's probably electrified, too. Well, I'll just kick it in and drive the car right through. Nothing like arriving in style. Here goes. Whoever built this gate certainly did want privacy. Well, he won't have it long. There, that does it. Now, back to Miss Beecham as Clark Kent. Oh, oh, there you are. Is everything all right? I can't say just yet, but things are certainly opening up. Let's turn the car around and see what's going on at that house, eh? Well, what are we going to do? Drive right in? Sure, why not? Well, it doesn't seem exactly as though we're wanted, Mr. Kent. Ah, we'll find out soon enough. Ah, here's the entrance. Why, those gates. Did you say you just opened them? More or less. Why? They look like they were blown in in a hurricane. Well, they were old and rusty, Miss Beecham. They they just fell apart. Well, 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 what are you stopping here on the driveway for? And why are you switching off the lights? Now, look here, Miss Beecham. I'm going to tell you quite frankly that we may run into trouble. Oh, Mr. Kent, what do you mean? Now, now, please, don't get hysterical. I, I won't, but, but... Miss Beecham, I want to go up to that house and have a look around before, well, before they know we're here. Mr. Kent, do you think... Do you think anything's happened to my father? Now, Miss Beecham, honestly, I, I don't think anything, not yet. Then why, why all the secrecy? Why are you leaving me here and, and going to the house yourself? Oh, you must know more than you're telling me. Oh, believe me, I don't. It's just that your father and whoever else is with him in the house seem to want privacy, and they've tried to make sure of it. For some unknown reason, that privacy is vitally important to them. Oh, let me come with you. No, now, please. You just stay here and watch the car. And if you see anything, or want me for anything, blow the horn. Oh, Mr. Kent, I'm afraid. I don't like it here. The awful silence. The darkness. No, no, there's nothing to be afraid of. You just sit tight while I investigate. Well, 
Where will you be? Not too far away. Remember now, if anything happens, just blow that horn and keep blowing. All right, Mr. Kent. But please hurry. Please hurry. Poor kid. She's frightened stiff. Little wonder. I don't like to leave her alone, but she can't be around when Superman's doing his stuff. And it looks like he has to. Well, I'll just climb up the side of Stonehouse a little way and see what's doing. Clinging to the second-story window of Stonehouse, Superman peers into the dark interior, listens intently. A door slams, and suddenly the night is stabbed by the wild blowing of the auto horn and the weird baying of hounds. What's that? Somebody's blowing a horn. Elsie must be in trouble. All right, Miss Beecham, I'm coming. Help! Help me, Mr. Kent! She's being attacked by huge masters. Get down! Get down, you people! Help! Miss Beecham, Help! I'm coming. Help! Get me out! The dogs! They're climbing through the windows! Help, Mr. Kent! Stay in the car, Miss Beecham. Don't get out. I'll take care of them. They're coming in, Mr. Kent! Save them! Help! Down! 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 Down, you! Look out! Down. Down. Miss Beecham, you can come out of the car if you like. Oh, they frightened me so, Mr. Kent. Came out of nowhere, out of the darkness like wolves. Yes, they, they did look pretty dangerous. The black one particularly. I was sitting in the car waiting for you when I heard them barking. Suddenly they were up on the running board. Oh, Mr. Kent, it was ghastly. Well, it's, it's all over now. I think I'll take you along with me just in case the dogs decide to return. I've discovered there's someone in the house. Maybe your father or admit... Mr. Kent, what's that? I don't know. Sounds like a drum. Drum? Mr. Kent, it's a tom-tom. Someone's beating a tom-tom. why? Listen, it's coming nearer all the time. Look, Mr. Kent. What? They are through the trees. What? What? A man, a giant. He's coming this way. Look. What is it that Elsie Beecham has seen bearing down on them? Man or monster? Does the weird beat of the jungle tom-tom herald its approach? And what of Elsie's father, Dr. Beecham? Is he or is he not safe behind the gray walls of Stonehouse? Tune in next time and follow the exciting story of Superman. Up in the sky! Look! It's a bird! It's a plane! It's Superman! Superman is a copyrighted feature appearing in Action Comics magazine. You're tuning in to Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater presented by Phoenix Media. Up in the sky, it's a bird, it's a plane. No, it's Superman. And now, this episode, The Emerald of the Incas, Part 2. When we last saw him... Clark Kent had come to Stonehouse, the suburb of Brentwood, with Elsie Beecham to investigate the mystery surrounding Elsie's father, Dr. George Haven Beecham, world-famous scientist and explorer. Recently returned from the jungles of South America, Dr. Beecham has hidden himself away with only a native servant for company and refused to see even his own daughter. 
Arriving at Stone House, Kent had left the car to investigate the house, only to be recalled by frantic blasts of an auto horn. Elsie, left alone in the car, had been attacked by a pair of vicious mastiffs and was in danger of her life. Fighting off the dogs, Kent turned to reassure the girl, only to be faced with a new terror. Listen. Oh, Mr. Kent, that giant man I saw through the trees, right, he's gone. It's probably only the shadows and the branches. No, I saw him. I know I did. Well, there's nothing there now. I can't see a thing. Look, do you see anything? I'm not sure. I don't think so. Not now. But I did. I know I did. Well, you heard the tom-tom beating, didn't you? Yes, but I... And I saw the man, a gigantic man, and he just stood there, peering. Well, he isn't there now. At least I don't think so. He is. I know he is. He's close to us, hiding somewhere, stealing up on us. No, he's not, Miss Beecham. Now, look here. You stay here, and I'll have a look around. Oh, no. Don't go, Mr. Kent. Don't leave me alone again. I'll come, too. But I, I can't tell what we may run into. I don't care. I feel safer with you. Please. Well, come on. We leave the car right here. Well, what are you going to do? First of all, we want to get into that house. It looks completely deserted, but I know someone's in it. My father, do you think? Well, maybe. I'm not sure yet. Hold my arm, Miss Beecham. Wait. I thought I heard something. Mr. Kent, I did. The tom-tom. Quick. Back of these bushes. Crouch down. There. Mr. Kent, look out there in that patch of moonlight. Great Scott. There. That's what I saw, Mr. Kent. It is a giant. No. Not a giant, Miss Beecham. It's a man. He's big, all right, but it's a man. A tremendous big black man. He's listening. He hears us, Mr. Kent. Oh, who is he? What's he doing? I'd like to know. Wonder if he's the one I heard walking in the house. Look, he's moving again, Mr. Kent. He's coming this way. We're in the shadow. He can't see us. Here, slip this way toward the house. Keep down as much as you can. He heard us. He's running, Mr. Kent. Quick! You hide in there, Miss Beecham. Back in that angle of the wall. I'll take care of this. Oh, no, no. He'll kill you. Go on, quick. Stay out of sight. Don't move till I call. Quick, Miss Beecham, run. It's so dark. I can't see anything. Now then, the girl out of the way, Superman goes to work. I'll just give that giant a chance to try his voodoo on me. He's coming this way, all right. Well, my friend, you're due for a shock. About three more steps and out we go. All right, you. No, what you're doing? Never mind what I'm doing. What are you doing and where did you come from? Uh, so, you come out of dark. I've been looking for you. I fix you, white man. Look out. I'm giving you fair warning. Oh, you sure run. I catch you now. I'm not running. Oh, you want to fight, do you? Uh, I get you now. I cut you in half. Don't pull that knife. Knives don't bother me. Just gonna pick you right off the ground. Uh, uh, Get up over my head. Uh, You put me down. I kill you. You won't have a chance. You're going up at the top of that tree. Twice. There. That'll hold you for a while. Oh, where's that girl got to? Miss Beecham. Miss Beecham. Mr. Kent, I'm here, Mr. Kent. Oh, good. She never saw me. Back to Clark Kent again. All right, Miss Beecham. Right here. Oh, Mr. Kent. What happened? Why didn't you see? Oh, I didn't dare look. I just crouched into the wall as close as I could. Mr. Kent, the giant, where is he? Oh, he, he just went away. I shoot him off. Didn't you hear us? Oh, I heard you arguing, and then, then a crash. Oh, what happened? Why, uh, he tripped and fell. Come on, Miss Beecham. I want to get into the house, see if that door's open. Uh, no. Oh, it's locked from the inside. Well, in this case, I think we're justified in housebreaking. Stand back a little, Miss Beecham. Oh, goodness. Well, you can't break through that. That isn't so strong. 
I'll just throw a stone at the lock. Uh, stand back of that tree. It might bounce. All right, now. Why, Mr. Kent, you broke it all to bits. I told you it wasn't strong. Come on, now, quick, inside. Mr. Kent, do you think it's safe? Come along. It's safer than outside just now. Maybe I can fasten what's left of that door behind us. Yes, look. All I broke was the lock. And there's a steel bar that drops right across it. There. There we are. No, Art. It's black as pitch. I can't see a thing. Now, wait. Wait while I strike a match. You seem to be in, in kind of a hallway. Ah, that's a little better. Not much. Yes, you're right, Miss Beecham. We are in a hall. And this looks like the library or living room. Come on. Oh, here's a piece of candle, Mr. Kent. Oh, but quick. Match is almost out. That's the stuff. Ah, now I can at least see where we're going. Oh, goodness. What a dreadful place, Mr. Kent. Wait, it looks haunted. Yes, uh, I admit I've seen more attractive places. That's a fact. What was that? I heard something creaking. Quiet. Oh, I don't hear anything. It was kind of a creaking. Upstairs, Mr. Kent. Where do you suppose my father is? I don't know, Miss Beecham. I'm afraid he isn't here. Oh, why? What made you think that? Well, I don't think anybody's here. If there were, well, why haven't they turned up? Made enough noise breaking in. Listen. There it is again. Mr. Kent, there's someone walking around in the room just above us. You're right. Stay here, Miss Beecham. Oh, no. What are you going to do? I'm going to find out who or what that is. Oh, let me come, too. No, not this time, please. Oh, Mr. Kent, I'm frightened. I don't like this place. Oh, something's going to happen. Easy now, Miss Beecham. Try not to give way like that. We're all right. Oh, Dad. Where's Dad? And what's going on here? Mr. Kent, what is it? Miss Beecham, I don't know. But there's only one way to find out. And that's by going right up there and looking. Oh, Mr. Kent, don't do it. Don't no, do I've it. I've got to. And you've got to stay here. Now, please, it's the only way. Well, all right. All right, if, if that's what you want me to do. Ah, good girl. That's the way to talk. I won't be long. And if anything happens, I'll come right down again. Oh, hurry. Hurry as fast as you can. And if you want me, just call. Don't you... Don't you want the candle? What, and leave you in the dark? I've got the matches. Now, you just stay right there in that room, Miss Beecham. Now, then, we'll just see who is in that room. Ah, here, this is the door. Oh, nothing doing. I thought so. Uh-huh. Locked. I thought that, too. Yet there is someone inside. I can hear him breathing. Open up, please. Open this door. Come on, you can hear me all right. I said open this door. Well, if you don't open this door, I'll break it down. Keep away. Keep away or I'll shoot. Open the door. I warned you. For the last time, get away. Get off. Too bad. Now, don't try that gun again. Here, give it here. You, you, you haven't got... Stop that. Give me that gun. That's better. Now then. You've tracked me down, but you won't get it. You'll never get it. Put that chair down. Now, listen to me, will you? I'm your friend. You're lying. You can't fool me. Are you Dr. Beecham? You know I am, but you'll never get what you're looking for. Doctor, I'm not looking for anything. Except you. Now, will you listen? I'm a reporter. Clark Kent, working for the Daily Planet. The... The Daily Planet? Yes, your friend Jay Hamlin, assistant editor. He sent me down here with your daughter, Elsie. Elsie? But don't tell me she's here. Oh, doctor, she's been worried to death. She asked us to help her. I knew what I was doing. You shouldn't have come here or brought Elsie. But you were killing her with anxiety. 
She was afraid something had happened to you. I was killing her. You've killed her by bringing her here. What? And maybe killed us all. Where is she? Quick, where is she? Well, she's right downstairs in the library. Oh, doctor, come down and talk to her, will you? You fool, you don't know. What? You don't know what's happening here. I can't go down. Oh, why not, doctor? What's wrong? I tell you, I can't. I I can't leave this room. Oh, but... Come on, doctor, quick! Downstairs! Miss Beecham! Miss Beecham! Come on, man, I'm I'm coming. Look out for the stairs, doctor! There was a light down there! Elsie! Miss Beecham! Where's the light? Oh, what's happening? I can't see. Can't strike a light. Wait a minute. My matches. Elsie! Elsie! Here we are. Now we can see something. There. Where is she? Kent, where's my daughter? What? Why, I... You fool, I told you. You brought her here, and now... Now she's gone. Miss Beecham! Miss Beecham! Elsie! Elsie, where are you? Elsie! Where are you, Elsie? Where are you? The past empty house rings with echoes, but no answer comes. Elsie Beecham has vanished. Where has she gone? What shadowy figure came stealing in through the half-broken door? And finally, what is the secret that Dr. Beecham has been guarding so carefully in Stone House? Guarding with his very life. Be with us again next time and follow the story. And remember, be sure to tune in the next thrilling installment of the amazing transcription feature, Superman. Up in the sky, look, it's a bird. It's a plane. It's Superman. Superman is a copyrighted feature appearing in Action Comics magazine. You're tuning in to Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater, presented by Phoenix Media. Up in the sky, it's a bird, it's a plane. No, it's Superman. And now, this episode, The Emerald of the Incas, Part 3. When we last saw him, Clark Kent was at Stonehouse in Brentwood. Ghost-like and forbidding retreat of Dr. George Haven Beecham, world-famous scientist and explorer. With him was the doctor's daughter, Elsie, come on a desperate attempt to discover why her father had deliberately cut himself off from his friends and family since his return from his latest expedition to the jungles of South America. Finally breaking into the apparently deserted house, Kent has left Elsie on the lower floor. While he investigates footsteps in an upper room, he finds Dr. Beecham ready to defend himself against intruders with a knife and gun. But just as Kent is about to offer explanations... A ringing scream brings both men racing back downstairs to the library. Everything is in darkness. Kent strikes a match, and they stare about to find that Elsie has vanished. Listen. Elsie! Miss Where Beecham. are you, Elsie? Miss Beecham! Look back at the lounge there. Maybe she fainted and fell. No, doctor. Where's that draft coming from? Quick, maybe she's out that way. That's how we got in. Broke a door down. Come on, doctor. It's open. That's the way she went. She must have seen something or been frightened by something inside the house. Or else she was carried away. The devils, if they've done that, if they're trying to get at me that way. Come on, Kent. Zingri! Zingri! Careful when you go out, Doctor. No, not a sign of anything out here. Better get back inside. Where is she? Elsie! Elsie! Doctor, it's not safe out here, I know. Do you think I care about that when they've got my daughter? You brought her here. You're responsible for this. Why don't you go and bring her back? Doctor, I'll do that, only we don't know yet where she is. Now, look here. You go back and search the house. What are you going to do? Elsie! I'll stay out here, and if she's anywhere on the grounds, I'll find her. Kent, you're right. 
She may be inside after all. Elsie! Elsie, where are you? And I will find her, too. If it's humanly possible. Or rather, Superman will. No time for running around on foot. This is where Superman takes to the air. Too dark to see very well. First off, where did I leave that giant native? If he broke in and carried her off, no telling where she is now. I thought I'd finished with him. But if I didn't and he recovered his senses, this is where he ought to be. Ah, he's gone. Vanished. Now, if I can find him, I may find Elsie, too. What's that? It's a car. One man driving all by himself. Well, I'll just yank you out of that, and your car can go where it likes. Hey, 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 what the, what the, oh, Chris, man, let me go, you'll wreck me. Hold on, let go of that steering wheel. You and I are going to have a little talk. No, no. There, now, come on. Who, who are you? Never mind about me, we're talking about you. Where did you come from? And who did you come with? Where are they now? Come on, quick, talk. Listen, boss, honest. All I did is drive the car. I'm Eddie Hilly. Whose car? The, the fellas that came here. Two of them. Little brown guys. Little? Did you say little? Uh, yeah. Well, not dwarfs, but they wasn't no giants. You sure of that? You wouldn't lie to me, would you? Oh, no, no. You sure one of them wasn't a giant? A big, tall fellow, almost black? No, no. They were small, I tell you. Both of them. All right. Where did they come from and what do they want? Hey, mister, I don't know. Honest. They picked me up in town and hired me to drive them out to Brentwood. Said they'd give me a good pay. That's all. Honest. Well, I think you need a little ride up in the air. No, no, no. I'm giving it to you straight, mister. Honest, I am. If that's all you know, why did you try to get away from here so fast? Why didn't you stop when you saw me, standing there in the road? Hey, mister, how did I know who you was? You might have been a cop in that blue outfit. I figured I had enough. Oh, and what made you decide that? Too much funny business. First a lot of yells, then dogs, then a drum beating. It gave me the creeps. What else? Plenty. Just as I was getting ready to blow... A big gorilla comes looping along. What? A big black man? Hey, mister, that wasn't no man. Never mind that. Where did he go? I didn't wait to see. I took one look and got in here fainted. And that's that's all I know, so help me. This time I believe you. Just the same, you're coming with me. Oh, no, no, wait, listen. Ah, oh, no, you... you won't get hurt. That's a promise. Uh, hey, 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 we're going up in the air. Hey, no, put me down, mister, put me down. Oh, oh no, wait, wait, please, mister, please. All right. That's that. Now, you come along with me. Uh, No, not in that house. It's spooked. I ain't going in there. Oh, yes, you are, and right now, too. But take a look at me first. Hey, you're changed. You've got regular clothes on. Right. And if you think you've been flying through the air, you've just been imagining things, understand? What? Hey, listen. I know mighty well I was flying. I say you weren't. Unless you want to fly again and much higher. Oh, no, 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 no. All right. Not me. Then remember what I say. Now forget all about it. Huh? Oh, 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 sure, sure. I, I, I catch. Yeah, boss, whatever you say. All right. Kent. I say, Kent, are you there? Right here, doctor. Outside the house. Hey, even your voice is different. You remember what I say? Oh, oh sure, sure, boss, you bet. Kent, what luck? None at all, doctor. How about you? Not a sign of a... Who's this? Where did he come from? Well, that's what I'm trying to find out myself. Apparently, he drove two little brown men out here to pay a call on you. Oh, he did, did he? Uh Then it's you I have to thank for the disappearance of my daughter. Oh, no, sir. Not me. I ain't seen nobody's daughter. Doctor, 
Something flew past my head. Yeah, mine too. Hey, what is this? Inside the house, quick! No, no, get Elsie. You can't leave her out here. Doctor, get inside. We'll find Elsie later. Now, quick! You too, come on. Go on there, move. You don't have to tell me twice. Doctor, quick. Come on, inside the house. Here we are. All right, block up that doorway now. Quick. Come on. Bring that bar. That's it. That's solid enough, I guess. There we are. Hey, mister, what is that out there? I think I'm going crazy. What's going on here? Well, for one thing, those little brown men you brought out here... I think they're doing their best to kill the whole lot of us. Uh, Kent, Kent, just one moment. That that taxi driver, where is he? Is he is he there? It's so dark, I I can't see. Yeah, right here, Chief. Look here, these these men that you drove out, did they carry anything with them when they uh, when they left the car? Yes, they they did. One of them had a long piece of bamboo. Bamboo, hollow. Was it hollow? Hollow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess it was all right, Kent. That's it. What? They they brought a blowgun to shoot poison darts. Blowgun? And if one of them so much as nicks your skin... What's that? What did you say, Chief? I say keep out of sight. Don't stand in front of those windows. Great Scott! Yeah. There you see. By no means stand in front of windows. And to think that Elsie is out there somewhere. Oh, Kent, I, I tell you I can't stand it. I, I tell you I can't. Easy does it now, easy. Wherever she is, they haven't got her. How do you know that? Well, because if they did have her, they wouldn't be peppering us with arrows or darts either. They'd use her as a hostage. Whatever it is they're after. Just a moment. How do you know they're after anything? Well, Dr. Beecham, I'm not deaf and blind, and and you said yourself that... I? What did I say? Why, when I broke into your room upstairs. You said they'd never get what they were after. Doctor, what is it? Don't you think you'd better tell me? Kent... If if I do, you'll be in the same position that, that I am. I've sworn to go through with this myself and, and not to put anyone in the danger that I've been in. But, Doctor, I've been in as much as you are. I... Uh, doctor! Dr. Beecham! What's the matter? Hey, look. He's staggered. He's sick. Doctor! Kent. Kent, I, I've been hit. One of those darts nicked me. I... Doctor, quick! What can I do? There must be something. No. No, I, I know the symptoms. Paralysis. Going all over Steady, me. Doctor. Quickly, quickly. Doctor, yes. tell me. Quickly. Tell me. In the, in the right-hand pocket special serum, I'm, I'm the only man that knows it. Quick. Right-hand pocket? Yes. Wait a minute. Yes, I have it. No. It's a glass tube with a needle. All right, Doctor. What do I do? Oh, no. Too late. Too late. No, no, it isn't, Doctor. Looks as if they'd won after all. Oh, can't... Doctor! Doctor, wake up! Listen to me! What do I do with this needle? Doctor! No, can't break the tube. Yes, all right. Fill the needle. Right. And push in the shoulder. In your shoulder. Wait a minute. All it can carry. But too too late now. Too late. No, no. Look, keep awake, doctor. I'm doing it. I'm doing just what you said. Look. Wait a minute. There. There it goes. Important. Listen to story. Yes? Responsibility. Don't forget. Doctor, hang on. Don't let go. You haven't told me yet. Doctor. Doctor, what is it? Can't. Can't. The sacred emerald... 
of the Incas, it may save the whole human race. The emerald, emerald. Struggling to speak, the heavy form of Dr. Beecham slumps over on the lounge. Has the poison on the dart done its work? Is he too far gone to be brought back by the serum? What strange and unbelievable mystery lies behind the sacred emerald of the Incas? And where is Elsie Beecham? Be with us again next time and follow the story of Superman. And remember, be sure to tune in the next thrilling installment of the amazing transcription feature, Superman. Up in the sky, look, it's a bird. It's a plane. It's Superman. Superman is a copyrighted feature appearing in Action Comics magazine. Get this and previous episodes of Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater wherever you get podcasts or by visiting phoenixmedia.us forward slash Silver Age Heroes. Join us again, same bat time, same bat station, for another presentation of Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater. Excelsior!